Wyatt Hunter in the backfield now. Hunter comes in with an impressive 922 yards. Souser handoff to Hunter. He's got it. Has more. Wyatt Hunter off to the races. They're not going to catch him. Touchdown, Gurnell. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Blake Walker here, your host on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast, episode number 38. We're all sitting in quarantine, so why not a better time to talk to some other people that can't quite come over and talk over the mic? So today I sat down with Coach Souser, head coach of the Grinnell Tiger football team, to talk about the new schedule that was released for the 2020 football season, along with other questions about the team, the districts, and the RPI. All that coming up and more on the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network. We'll take a quick commercial break. Hey there, I'm Joey Polyi, third generation owner of Polyi's and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Maiden and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow, growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Alrighty, once again, thank you to all the sponsors on the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network. Uh, whether it's a restaurant or whatever, make sure you're ordering takeout for all these different restaurants, not just that sponsor us, but around the uh, town of Grinnell. It's obviously been a rough time because of this virus. Uh, you know, we're all looking to get the happiness in our lives right now through this isolation and quarantine. I'm hoping that everybody that's listening to this is staying safe, stay home, only go out if you need to, wash your hands, uh, just practice being healthy. Obviously, we want everyone to be uh, safe because uh, we got a lot of sports to enjoy when it comes around. And, uh, you know, as of right now, there's no sports on. Uh, and it's it's hard to watch, but hey, you can always go back and watch our replays on the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network YouTube page. Uh, we're always looking to have some more views, and uh, also if you have any suggestions on what you want to see from us, whether it be podcast guest or whatever, uh, technically we don't have to go to places to go interview people, so maybe just interviewing them over the phone or over FaceTime like I did today with Coach Souser is maybe what people want to see. But uh, speaking of Coach Souser, uh, we'll get right into the interview. I sat down with uh, head coach Brian Souser to talk about the football season upcoming in the fall. And uh, here's our conversation. And uh, once again, thank you to Coach Souser for doing this. Okay, so uh, hello everyone. I'm sitting down here with uh, Coach Souser, uh, head coach of the Grinnell Tiger football team. And Coach, I guess I'll start out with uh, you kind of touched on this when we jumped on the call here over FaceTime, but uh, how are you handling this whole quarantine thing? Obviously, we didn't really expect any of this to happen, and that's the reason why we're on FaceTime together, but uh, what, what have you been doing to keep busy, I guess? Uh, working out twice a day um, in the house, a lot of home improvement projects, uh, bored out of my mind for the most part, you know, like everybody else, but it's pretty crazy. I mean, it'll be nice when we have some nicer weather, at least be outside more, but it's just uh, an unbelievable thing. I mean, I'm glad we're all healthy and that type of thing, but, you know, I think I speak for a lot of people. I can't wait to just get back to work and 
getting back to some level of normalcy. Been watching a lot of reruns of college football games on ESPN. You know, just stuff like that. Right, right. I I don't know what it's going to be like when we start watching in the fall and we don't actually know who wins because we've been keeping an eye on that all this time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <sighs> Carrie, what 20 strikeout games on today? I mean, I was watching that for a little bit, you know, so right. all kinds of different stuff. Right. Uh, so I guess one of the biggest things that have been absent from your life right now, usually in this time you'd still be working in the weight room with all your uh, players and everything else. Have you told them anything, emailed them everything? I'm sure you're keeping in touch, but what have you done to kind of keep them in that rhythm? Hey, still keep up on stuff and make sure you keep getting better and better despite being isolated at home. Yeah, I've sent a, a workout every day, like through our Remind app that you know, I, I try to come up with different workouts that don't require any equipment, you know, because not every kid has that. So, I mean, that's gone pretty well, and I know I've had a decent amount of feedback. We have a lot of kids working, so it's not ideal, but at the same part, at least, uh, I'm somewhat communicating with kids uh, every day. And then my own two boys, I guess, benefit from the fact that we kind of have a nice weight room in our garage, so they've been able to kind of keep going, that type of thing. But it's been tough, but the good thing is we have a lot of kids that have been anxious to at least do the workouts that I've been sending out, and Really, that's about as good as we can do right now. Do you think, you know, if we get to this upcoming football season, I pray that everything's gone and we're over with and we can start on time, but do you think yeah. some teams are going to hurt this or be hurt by this isolation a little bit more than some other teams? You know, that's a great question because one of the things that I've always taken pride in everywhere we've been is I've always felt like our off seasons are where we really go past people and, you know, I just think we do a really good job with that. So for us not having that, um, I think it's a little bit of a disadvantage. There's no doubt about that. So it's really going to be pressure on a lot of people once we do get the okay, and hopefully that's at least for summer conditioning, to really kick things in. So I have no doubt that our kids will jump back in with both feet. But, yeah, you wonder if it's other programs that are kind of on the fringe and all of a sudden kids have a few months off on how difficult it might be for some programs to get their kids back involved. It'll be – It'll be really interesting how things shake out over the summer. Have you been in talks with any other coaches around the area, just kind of seeing what they're trying to do to keep their kids involved, or do you just kind of stay separated and just kind of do your own thing? No, we, I mean, the, the guys that I talk to are, you know, usually guys all in, like, pretty good programs. I don't know, Muscatine, Iowa City West, Bettendorf, people like that. So, I mean, they're all kind of doing a similar format that we are. You know, they're providing workouts for their kids every day and, you know, it, it's hard. You don't really know how many kids are doing things. Um, but, you know, you just hope that a lot of them, a lot of them are. Now I do know that most kids are bored out of their minds. So doing a workout is at least a, a time filler, if nothing else. Right, right. Um, so I guess one of the, the main reasons that we wanted to talk today was the schedule. So I guess we'll kind of hit on that. To sure. start out with, uh, you know, when the districts came out over the winter, we didn't really get to talk much about it, but in the short time that I talked with you, you said you obviously weren't the biggest fan of it. Uh, I'd assume that probably still stands true today, but uh, did you, before we get into the schedule, the schedule that we got on Thursday, was it what you were expecting, or were there a few curveballs kind of thrown in, not just for Grinnell, but other teams around the district that you thought, well, that's an interesting decision. I'm not sure if that's really going to work. I mean, everything was really completely unexpected because the, one of my biggest frustrations was in the fact that I've never gone through the district process before because when I was in Iowa City, we were still in conferences. So this was kind of new territory. And, you know, to not have any control over your schedule is really an interesting concept. And the way it works in the state of Iowa is you put together a list of teams that you submit. And then if you get other teams to put you on their list as well, 
the state will kind of match that up. Well, the problem we ran into was nobody would put us on their list. So, I mean, that was a, you know, really kind of being up against the wall. Like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. You know, like we, we had a lot of trouble with that. So really we had to submit a list to the state that, you know, had some teams on there that we wanted to play, but we had no idea if we would actually get to play them because nobody would put us on their own list, especially when it was just a one year cycle. I think if it's been a two year cycle, we might've had more teams that might've been like, okay, this year, you know, you guys are returning a bunch of people. Maybe next year, you know, won't be quite as strong, but you know, we just ran into a roadblock of like, with it being a one year cycle, teams were like, no, we're not, we have no interest. I mean, we reached out to Cedar Rapids, Washington, Waterloo West, Western Dubuque, and just all these different schools that um, would not play us. So it was, uh, that was kind of frustrating. So when we found out who we were playing, I guess, I was pleasantly surprised, I mean, a little bit, because I really thought that we'd end up probably playing like Pella, DCG, Norwalk, Mm -hmm. because like Pella, we talked to them, for example, like they have the same issue every year. Nobody will ever put them on their list either. Right. So then, you know, you kind of end up with all the good teams banging their head against each other. So I like our non-district schedule. I think it's some kind of interesting, cool matchups, maybe a little bit different, and at the same time, maybe not playing against – just high-level teams week in and week out because our district's going to be an absolute meat grinder. Right, right. Uh, going back to the whole not getting any opponents, why is that? Is it just is it the fact that people don't want to play you guys because you guys are on a possible reloading stage and that you might be up to competition this year? Or is it that they think you would hurt their RPI going forward? No, it's the first one. You know, and everybody, we're guilty of it too. What everybody's kind of looking for is that team where, you know, you can beat them or feel pretty good about it and – they're, they might have a record of about five and four. You know, that's right. kind of like the the RPI uh, RPI gold a little bit if you can find a team that kind of fits into that sweet spot. And, you know, for us this year, I mean, I, teams just kind of wanted to stay away from us. You know, I think the 4A teams, honestly, just didn't see any benefit to playing us because if they lose, you know, it uh, it's tough on the morale of their program, which I understand that. Um, and if they win, you know, it's a game they probably feel like they should win. But right. um, it's been that, – that's a challenge, but – you know, ultimately, we got some teams on our non-district that definitely were not on the top of their list. Um, so I was kind of glad how it how it worked out in the end. And you talked about the RPI. Uh, I assume you're still in the 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 group that obviously I am. That the RPI stuck with 16 teams. Does the <laughs> mentality change going in at all this year? That means, I mean, obviously you want to win every game, but now now that it's still 16 teams. You kind of learned from last year, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I've i made my case known. Like, I think 16 teams in the playoffs is ridiculous. I think it's stupid. I think the RPI is stupid. Um, you know, it's just there's so many variables that affect your postseason fate that you have no control over. And to me, that just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, the, us coaches at Grinnell, we had put together a model that we submitted to the state that was an eight-team schedule where 32 teams got into the playoffs. Right. If you didn't qualify, you still had a week nine crossover game. We mm-hmm. felt like it satisfied all the requirements. Everybody got at least nine games, 32 teams in the playoffs, didn't have to start earlier, wasn't going to end later. And we even went through and provided a model of what it would have looked like for every class for the last two years just mm-hmm. to kind of provide a template to the state. And it looked like it was going to go through. Then at the last second, it did not. And, you know, to me, that was mind boggling because we kind of did the legwork, provided the model, submitted it there were really no drawbacks to it. And for that not to go through is, is crazy. So it does affect your mindset with 16 teams being in, you know, like you pretty much have to go seven and two 
uh, to feel really good about getting into the playoffs. And obviously with the district we have, we know that's going to be a really stiff challenge. Right. And even then seven to two might not cut it. Nevada found that out last year. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's how it goes. It, it's mind boggling that in any sport you could win 70% of your games and not have a shot. You know, we're, we're more restrictive in the state of Iowa than any other state as far as teams qualifying for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And with the numbers decline in football participation numbers, the fact that we're more restrictive in the state of Iowa just uh, defies logic. And now, if if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, this whole playoff RPI thing, everything that was set in place this year is just a one-year thing. Am I right? <laughs> it's a one-year thing. Yeah, and, and then uh, we regroup and have to do it all over again next year. Then we do it again. And, you know, it's it's interesting because, I mean, after coaching in 4A for a long time, like, I get it. I know that, you know, basically four, uh, what happens in 4A, you know, kind of impacts everybody else. But, right. like, what got, what went on this year with the whole 4A, oh, it's a mess. you know, whatever it was, groups and models, I don't know, whatever it is they're doing. You know, basically every other school that wasn't 4A, we have to sit in a holding pattern for a year yeah. to well, see if it's going to work in 4A. I mean, you yeah. know, it's you're talking about 40, 40 teams out of the entire state, and the rest of us sit here and just wait to see. I mean, it's, it's unprecedented, and it's, uh, you know, just it makes no sense. But, right. you know, it is what it is, and we're all in the same playing field. Right. Well, let's go on to the schedule if you if you want and if you care. Sure. I, I kind of wanted to go kind of a game-by-game game status. Obviously, some opponents we're familiar with, some we're not. And I guess we'll start out with the front uh, part of the schedule. Waverly Shell Rocks, the first game on the road, 84-mile trip, which I did the math. You have to drive an average of 68 miles per trip this year, so that's obviously <laughs> not fun, but... Uh, yeah, the the Hawks. I think they are. They went three and six last year. I looked at it. They return a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. What's most intriguing about this? Because have you ever played Waverly Shell Rock in any of your coaching? Uh, we we played them at team camp two years ago at Central, so uh, you know we're somewhat familiar with what it is they want to do. And obviously, and they're a perennial three A powerhouse um, for a long time. I think the last time Grinnell played them was in the semifinals in about nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. I know Mike Doty reminded me of that. Um, <laughs> You know they're 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 a good football team. I I know they return their three leading rushers from last year, right? Um, and they and they want to run the crap run the crap out of the football. Um, they line up in shotgun and do some different things, but they're well coached. And going on the road week one is always going to be a challenge. But you know I'm hoping with the level of experience we have back that we can get off on a good foot, obviously, and take care of business. It kind of it's almost eerily similar to what Mid Prairie was last year. Kind of kind of the same bond, if you will. You know, you go on the road the first week, kind of a run-heavy team. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I felt like starting on the road actually might go a little bit better because it just shows that you can win in those environments that, you know, aren't <laughs> the nice home abodes. No, definitely. I mean, it'd be great to open up at home, you know, two years in a row on the road, but um, you know, it's, we're going to, we're going to find out in a hurry, you know, going on the road to a place like that. I mean, you know, they, they don't have their quarterback back, you know, which I think is always a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I think they're two leading tacklers graduated that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I just know they're going to be a well-coached team and it'll be a challenge, but, um, you know, I feel pretty good about, you know, where we'll be just with our experience coming back that our kids won't be any type of panic mode week one. Right. Uh, on to the next week, sadly, and I say sadly, that uh, South Tama dropped down to two-way, so now you have to put the two-way team on your schedule. South Tama usually is a game at the back half of the season. Now you get it at the front. 
I don't think they're going to be as much of a quote-unquote cakewalk as they normally are, but uh, does it mean anything that, you know, early you have a trophy game? First week of September, you have that big game that everybody looks forward to. I mean, despite being 2A, does it hurt you? Does it help you? What, what's the what's the thought process? You know, South Tama, I, I, I would rather play those guys later in the year if I had a choice. I mean, numbers are always an issue there. Um, you know, and the reality is between their numbers and lack of success, like you get them later in the year and generally the chips are down, that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, next year may not be the case. They play, say, Dell week one and they'll win that. I was um, going to say. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to come in here with a lot of confidence and they do have a good senior class. I mean, they really do. I, You know, the Peyton Vest kid is, he's as good of a player as we're going to see all year. Yep. And um, they were they were young last year and, and their freshman team, I believe, Finished nine and zero. Yes. Um, so I mean, they 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 have some kids there, um, and to play them week two, I'm I'm glad it's at our place. There's no doubt about that. Right. I mean, I don't think it's going to be quite the cakewalk it's been the last couple of years in any way. Right. Uh, the whole two A thing does that concern you at all, or does it make you upset that you have to play a two A team now that they've moved down, or is it just no. you get the win and you move on, and you get you're done with it? It doesn't matter, you know, at the RPI like. It doesn't matter. We could play a Class A team, and that would be the same as if we beat a Class A team. It'd be the same as us beating West Des Moines Dowling. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, it makes no sense. But I guess at the same time, it's like, well, it doesn't matter which class you play. I mean, they all count the same. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, now it really doesn't make any difference at this point. So Mason City's the next one, and I think I, I along with everyone else, saw Mason City and saw we have to go there, and we're probably like, man, you got to be kidding me. 122-mile long road trip. Yeah. Mason City went 1-8 and eight last year, was in 4A last year, moves down to 3A. <laughs> Does I mean, obviously, I'd still technically consider them a 4A caliber team. I just think they've had yeah. down years. Uh, does this opportunity change any for the, the players and anything? Because this is a long trip to play Mason City. I mean, we've seen other teams struggle with that. I mean, it's no cakewalk, I assume. No, it's not going to be. I mean, again, I mean, one of the nice things about team camps is we see a lot of different teams. So we saw Mason City last summer. Um, now they are going to have a new coach. I saw just this week their head coach went back to Davenport. He took the Davenport West job. Um, so that that will certainly affect things for those guys. Um, they've, they've been down. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they played a very difficult schedule you know them being in 4a and essentially in the old ciml was a little more than they could handle right um we played really well against those guys last year but yeah to go on the road 122 miles um a different type of environment you know a class 4a level team like you know our, it'll certainly have our kids attention obviously we're, we hope we're 2 and 0 by then and they're own too you know and that certainly uh, affects the mental side of things but um you know, they have a big roster. You know, I looked that up. I mean, like you would expect for a school that size, they right. have some big kids. I mean, they, I mean, it, it's going to be a, a tough football game for us. And like, like with all of our games against teams that maybe have struggled a little bit, if you don't get them up, get up on them early, you know, you're going to have your hands full and hopefully we can get off to a fast start, even though we're making long road trips. The next game's a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. First time Marshalltown's playing Grinnell since 1966. You have to go all the wow. way back. Uh, Marshalltown went five and four last year. They jumped to four A, which is interesting. Uh, so what? I mean, have Marshalltown's interesting. They they've been struggling, but yet they go five and four last year. They they've struggled against certain opponents, but 
I mean, does anything change in this game, or do you look at it as if it's just another game and Marshalltown could be compared to either Newton or Oski? I think they're probably pretty similar to those types of teams. I wanted to play Marshalltown. I just thought that would be a, a kind of a cool game, you oh, know, yeah. like a close game, um, you know, probably one that people would be interested in from both communities. I didn't realize it had been 54 years since they played. Oh, it's that's been kinda, a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. But, um, you know, they – they weren't overly thrilled about putting us on their list, you know, which, but it ended up working out that way. And I think that's going to be a really cool home game for us. And, you know, obviously we'll play that up to our kids. We're going to play a four, eight team had a winning record last year. And they do have some pretty good kids back, their yes. quarterback back and the tight end defensive kid who I know is being recruited a little bit. We saw him on some visits um, last spring. So, I mean, they, they have some kids and they have some size and, that could be a, a really cool game for us. Next game would be Newton, and obviously based off of last year's performance against Newton, your expectations are obviously high. Uh, you said to me last year that that was probably one of the better wins Grinnell's ever had. This year, I assume Newton's going to come back very angry. And, uh, you know, two years ago you went to Newton and were in that high-scoring affair, fell just short. Mm -hmm. uh, does the same thing apply to this year? You just got to run the ball like crazy and stop the run like crazy. You know, that's really uh... – I don't want to say a scary game, but that is a game that I think is going to really demand the most attention. You know, they are uh, they're a completely different team on their home field mm -hmm. and their turf, that type of thing. I mean, they really are. You know, we have we've struggled with those guys in all levels um, whenever we played over there the last couple of years um, for whatever reason. So, with that being the first game of districts, and they'll have a new coach this year too. I know it was somebody who was on staff, so I mean, I would imagine they'll be they'll be fairly similar. Yep. But we have got to. We have got to play better football over there. Now, the reality is with us kind of taking it to them last year, I think that gives us a little bit of a mental edge, um, you know, coming right out of the gate. And right. I hope they don't do anything different on defense. You know, the last couple of years we have shredded those guys offensively. So, mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully, hopefully that continues. But um, they lost a ton of guys on offense. But obviously with the way the game went this year and even the year before, it's turned into a, I don't know, a fairly – heated rivalry i guess uh, yeah. a little bit behind the scenes too and uh it should be a lot of fun but that is a really important football game for us next game i'd probably call the revenge game this thing will most likely be on homecoming unless mm -hmm. marshalltown is uh this game hurt last year for i think a lot of people and i know yeah. you for one probably really want to beat oscaloosa as does the whole team uh <laughs> does any i i feel like the mentality in this game is going to be through the roof because now that you don't have Pella on the schedule, the next second team that you hated the most was Oskaloosa, and now they get to come to our home turf. Do you think that's just you know, that's a big game? Those two games right there, Newton and Oski, are two back-to-back -back hitters that are much. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I and I don't, I don't even care. I mean, I, in the short time I've been here, like I, I don't really care for Oskaloosa and the, the way they do things. And I mean, I guess two years ago when we played them on homecoming, I mean they were. Uh, superior football team to us you know that night they were and you know it was 44 to nothing and you know i guess what still sticks out to me a little bit is the trick play they ran you know up 40 in the fourth quarter you know for whatever reason i don't know mm -hmm. um and but at the same time you know we've certainly uh had this uh, game uh circled uh for a long time and i'm so glad that we're playing at home and it can be homecoming and all that type of stuff and you know last year it was i mean it was a crushing defeat we knew what was at stake uh, going down there and jumping out to the 9-0 lead and not being able to hold on. Um, you know, they're they're a well-coached team. 
they are there's no doubt about that and they get their kids to play hard but mm -hmm. um you know i just don't i don't care for them a whole lot and to you know to get i guess uh a revenge, whatever you want to call it, to have a homecoming game two years later after what happened down happened here two years ago would certainly be a great feeling. And I know that our kids will have absolutely no problem being uh, sky high through the through the roof for that game. Hopefully, we just keep their emotions in check and take care of business. So, all right. So the the next three are kind of what you said the the meat and bones of the district. Three new foes that we haven't seen before. Benton, we'll talk about first since it's the first one up. Benton went eight and two last year. Uh, you have to go to Benton. Really nice football field up there near Belle Plaine. Yeah. Uh, so have you have you heard anything about this team? Have you seen anything about this team the last couple of years? Because it just seems like they've kind of popped off at the right time. Well, they graduated a really good quarterback last year. It was a dual threat kid. He, I think he threw for 2,300 yards and rushed for over 1,000. Mm -hmm. Clayton Cruzier or something like that. Yes. He yes. used to go to Montezuma, I believe, before that or something. Yeah. Um, so they, they lost him, but you know, kind of looking at their stats a little bit, they return a kid who had 67 catches and was also their leading tackler and returned, I think, their leading rusher, and then their second leading receiver had 60 catches. So I know their quarterback really ran the show and did a lot of great things for them, but they're a good football team and uh, with a lot of good kids back. You know, that's, that's Stenberg's alma mater, so yep. he'll probably have a little bit of inside information. Certainly uh, – little extra motivation to go beat those guys but that is going to be a challenge uh week seven you know to go there and district play i'm sure they'll have a good record at that point it's it's going to be a massive game on the schedule uh last home game of the year senior night with a big senior class this one will probably be a pretty emotional night against a very top heavy powerhouse opponent in cedar rapids xavier i never would have thought grinnell would be playing cedar rapids xavier anytime soon uh but they get to come to tt cranning i don't know how much home field advantage would mean in this game but i guess what does it mean for you and your players that you get to play this heavy of opponent and coach schulte and his whole squad for the amount of success they've had the past couple of years you know it's kind of surreal a little bit because you know playing against xavier when we were at west i mean that was always kind of a a benchmark game for us and um as we were building the program at west we took our lumps against those guys for a few years and then the last time we played them um was we were still kind of in that mode like we were getting better we were pretty good but then we had xavier at our place and um it was really kind of a game that kind of turned the tide for us at mm -hmm. west it was we were up 34 to 6 at half on those guys and ended up winning i don't know what it was 49 13 or something like that and for our kids that night you know, it was really a night where they were like, okay, you know, we have definitely turned the corner in a big way. So it's kind of weird to, you know, have somewhat that same opportunity. And, you know, even on a personal level, like, you know, Dodge and Dallas grew up playing youth football against Xavier mm -hmm. and that type of thing. So for, you know, Dodge's senior night to be against Xavier and, you know, it's, and I, I, and I have as much respect for Coach Salty as anybody in the whole state. He's a guy that I talk to a decent amount because I just want to know, like, how he's been able to sustain that success for so long. And, right. um, you know, they graduate a lot of kids and that type of thing, but it never really matters there. I was going to say, they you just know, reload. They don't rebuild. It doesn't matter, no. I mean, if you play them week one, I think it's a better deal because there are going to be a lot of new starters. But playing them week eight, you know, those kids have been in that system so long and will have been starting all year that uh, it's definitely going to be a huge challenge. But, well, I'll tell you what, uh, win a game like that on senior night would be uh, – will be an amazing, amazing experience, that's for sure. Well, Cedar Rapids Gazette marked it down as one of the top games to watch in the area this upcoming season with 
the offensive reloading. They said Grinnell was going to be coming mm-hmm. strong this year, so it should be a really fun game at the, it should be. TT yeah. Cranny. Um, final game of the year, you go on the road to Clear Creek, Amana. You get to see the four-star standout DN, TJ Bowlers. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I feel like Dodge will probably have to guard him most of the night, but besides TJ, this team went 5-4 and four last year, and their offense isn't something that jumps off the page. Is this a good Week 9 matchup, or is it a bad Week 9 matchup? I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. Right. Um, you know, again, it's kind of like a lot of the teams we play, like they're not bad, you know what I mean, in any right, way. And, right. You know, Dodge and TJ, I mean, that's a, that's kind of a fun matchup. I mean, those guys have been training together for two years, you know, and I've had a million reps against each other inside in the gym, that type of thing. So I know for those two guys that's going to be a kind of a cool experience. But it's also going to probably be a big matchup that's going to determine the course of the football game. I mean, obviously if we – control TJ and don't let him be a huge factor. That's going to be a big impact on the game. Um, you know, I know their quarterback is back and their running back is back. Um, they're not overly explosive on offense. We saw him last year against Fairfield. We had That was one of our scout films. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're just kind of a, a solid football team. They're going to line up with a tight end and not do anything fancy. And if you, you know, if you don't play good football, you're going to be in trouble. And, you know, for those guys, that's their senior night. So that'll be a emotional night. They have a lot of seniors kind of like we do. So, I mean, you know, again, it's just going to be another week where it's like there's no off weeks. I mean, you got to be ready every single week. Uh, So that that concludes the schedule portion. And I just got a few more questions. One being the, the whole team obviously exceeded highly in the running game. The passing game got going. What what's going to be the next big surprise that we're going to see watching this football team? Last year it was the success that Wyatt had on the ground. What's the next thing that you think will show up that will surprise quite a few people? You know, I, I think our our goal is always to, you know, be as diverse as possible. You know, running and throwing the football. And going into the year, we thought we'd probably have to throw it. You know, sixty to sixty-five percent of the time, and obviously that changed. Week one, you know, we changed our scheme, and obviously Wyatt ran the ball really well. The scheme really fit his his talent. And, um, you know, to have four stars on our own line back, I mean, that is going to be a huge factor. Uh, having year two with Dallas back there, I mean, you know, he did a good job last year. He, you know, threw for almost 200 yards a game, not quite. Um, but him with another year of experience back there, I mean, we're fully expecting to see loaded boxes. And, um with the receivers we have and with Dallas's ability back there, I think we're going to put teams in a tough spot every week. I mean, you're simply not going to be able to put eight or nine guys in the box because, you know, whether it's Cole McGriff, A.J. Wilkins, Owen Kaufman, I think Cole Johnson's a kid who's got a chance to really surprise some people at receiver. Jake Green, you know, we are so deep at receiver that there's absolutely no way I think that you're just going to be able to isolate on stopping the run game. If you do, you know, I think we could put up points in a – in a hurry and you know i'm excited about the fact that you know like i I don't know i mean i'd like us to be able to score between 45 and 50 points a game and i don't think that's unreasonable with the kids we have coming back is it is it are you in an interesting spot because i assume richard toe is probably going to go back out uh do you Mm -hmm. have a speedy running back in richard toe but a speedy slash bigger running back in wyatt hunter is it crazy to think of the idea that Wyatt becomes that third down or second down back and Richard runs most of the, you know, the passing routes or whatever? I mean, how do you just kind of shape that offense? Because last year it was mostly just Wyatt running everything. Well, a couple things there. I mean, the first one I think is we continue to develop our depth. 
is that I don't think Wyatt's going to have to play a whole lot on defense, which right, is going to be a huge factor. And um, but to be honest with you, you know Wyatt, he's a he's a workhorse kind of guy. I mean, he's still going to be a twenty to twenty five carry a game guy. And then a <laughs> right. kid like Richard, you know, you figure out different spots for him uh, to impact the game, whether that's lining up in the slot, you know, bringing him in motion to do different things. Uh, obviously, coming out of the backfield, doing different things. But um, you know, Richard's certainly going to be a an integral part of, of what we're doing, um, you know, but why it's, why it's the guy, but you know, when you split Richard out and do some different things, he's always going to demand attention because he's capable of taking it to the house. Every play he touches the football. Right. Uh, if this whole coronavirus thing goes away, <laughs> hopefully sooner or later, uh, yeah. what, what do you have planned for the team this summer? Do you have any camps lined up or have those just kind of been pushed to the side because of this whole thing as of right now? Well, we don't know, you know, obviously, but we do a lot of things with our kids in the summer. Um, we're planning on going to seven-on-seven seven at, at Notre Dame again, probably Nebraska again, uh, and maybe one more. You know, I absolutely love doing that. I love our kids getting a chance to go play in some of those places. I mean, you know, like last year, getting to play in Notre Dame Stadium. You know, I mean, it's just some amazing experiences, you know, that you can't get unless you go out and see some of those things. And even though it is seven-on-seven, seven, like, it's a chance to compete against people from all over the country. Like I think last summer we played against teams from eight different States mm-hmm. and it's just such a cool exposure thing. And I also think it helps develop kids confidence and it helps them be excited about football. So, I mean, the seven on sevens team camp, I don't know if we're going to do one this year and I'm still kind of up in the air a little bit, you know, a lot of times you do those when you're maybe don't have a ton of experience and you're trying to find out a little bit, you know, we're in a little different boat this year. So I'm not sure about that part, but, um, Definitely the seven on sevens, and obviously we need to make sure we're in that weight room four times a week, right. uh, like we have been. That's probably the number one factor for us. Uh, are you excited about this upcoming freshman class? Considering now that they've dabbled a little bit more into this more football exposure, and not just that, but the fifth and sixth graders coming on up, should we expect to see a lot of improvement coming from these younger classes now that we've put younger uh, football people to work down low? I, I think so. I mean, you know what. One of the main factors I think that took place last year behind the scenes was, you know, we really uh, revamped our junior high coaching staff. You know, we had we had good people in there before, but we were able to pick up Scott Sharp was coaching our middle school kids. Mike Doty was coaching our middle school kids. We, right. we picked up a coach from South Tama um, who did a really nice job down there. And then John Cott stayed as well. So our kids, I, I feel like, were able to really uh, pick up some good fundamental skills. They were able to win a few football games, which hadn't happened much in the junior high level. Um, and then overall, just our, our numbers throughout our program, you know, just uh, comparison-wise, like two years ago, I mean, it was new and, you know, just trying to start things off. I think we I think we finished the year with 52 kids, 9 through 12, you know, and as it looks like, as it looks this year, I think we'll be between 75 and 80 kids, 9 through 12. So, I mean, it's exciting to see our numbers grow, you know, and as a coach, you always worry about it a little bit because we do expect a lot of these kids. I mean, they – we expect them to work out four times a week, you know, all year, unless you're in a sport, then you go do that sport, obviously. But it's been uh, encouraging to see as as much as we've demanded and expected from the kids that our numbers continue to grow and we keep getting more and more kids, uh, not only just to come out, but to stay out as well. Right. Uh, I guess one of the, the final things I wanted to ask you, first of all, I want to, first of all, thank you for coming on and talking to me today. 
tonight yeah. would have tonight would have been the Grinnell Tiger trivia night, I believe. So obviously <laughs> that's hasn't been postponed or possibly not happening. I hope it possibly gets rescheduled. But I appreciate you coming on and talking today. I know you talked with K, KGRN a couple of days ago, and uh, yes, uh, I appreciate all that. So I guess the final question I have is: Do you have a motto set that you want to get across to your team this upcoming fall? that should be hammered into everybody that this is what this team's going to be about? Well, I mean, I hate to ever isolate one class because it's a nine through 12 program together, but you know, there's, there's, there's no question. I mean, it's going to, we're going to go as far as our seniors are going to take us mm-hmm. um, to have this level of experience coming back and this many seniors, you know, we started two years ago, we started 14 sophomores out of the 22 positions. So this is year three for a lot of those kids. And, you can call it pressure, you can call it whatever you want, but ultimately, like, we have extremely high expectations that that group of kids is, you know, they have to lead us and they have to kind of answer the answer the bell a little bit, and mm-hmm. I think they want that. We've kind of issued that challenge to them. Um, it's, a, it's a great group of kids. Um, it's going to be a challenge for those guys, you know, because as, as deep of a class it is, we're going to have some seniors that play all the time. Some seniors, you know, might not play a ton. You know, it's always kind of a, a tricky dynamic, but you know, our seniors are going to make or break us. There's no doubt about that. And it's a great class of kids. So I feel really, really confident they're going to make some great things happen. Well, I'm along with a lot of other people. I think we're really excited for the upcoming season. I hope we get there with no problems and mm-hmm. we start on time. Definitely. I think that's what we're all looking forward to. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, once again, thank you, Coach Souser, for stepping in here and talking. Uh, keep yeah, thank you. Staying healthy, washing your hands, and <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, have a good rest of your week. Thanks, you too, Greg. Thanks, Coach. Yep, all right, bye. All righty. So once again, thank you to Coach Souser for sitting down and talking to me over FaceTime. Uh, FaceTime was just easier to record. I told him he didn't have to show me my face, so or he didn't have to show his face, so he didn't show his face the entire time. That's okay. Um, I'm excited. I think football season, you know, it. the schedule's coming out on Thursday. We're obviously a slight little glimmer of, oh, thank goodness. It's something to give us something to talk about. Uh, and it did. I, I'm pretty uh, excited about the football schedule. Obviously, some people uh, aren't big fans of it. Um, but as Coach Souser said, he had mixed feelings about it. Sometimes he was pleasantly surprised. Um, it's definitely not going to be an easy year, but uh, I'm excited for the challenge. Like he said, the senior class is going to be the ones to lead the way. And uh, if they can take them all the way, then they'll take them all the way. Uh, I didn't want to ask Souser about expectations because I feel like we're just so early right now. And also, I think everyone knows an expectation is to obviously make the playoffs. There's no other you know, reason to think not. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what that would turn out to be in terms of uh, you know, what, what's ahead for Grinnell. But um, as for us here, uh, there's not really much to talk about. Usually we'd be like, oh, here's what's coming in the week ahead. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I go on the Little Hawkeye Conference website and look at the school schedule, it'll either be a ton of things crossed out or a lot of things holding. Uh, I know a lot of people were talking about the Iowa High School Athletic Association, uh, the whole problem of spring sports and whatnot, and I just wanted to give my, my two cents on that. Uh, obviously, there was a petition put out by a Webster City mom uh, saying, let's push the spring sports back toward the summer. That would mean tennis, track, soccer, um, and I'm probably forgetting a couple, but that would mean all those sports we just pushed to the summer during baseball and softball that's the problem uh if you're a soccer player and you want to go play baseball does that count as a double sport thing are you able to do that 
I, I, I know, and I'm along with a lot of other people. I really want to see the soccer season. I really want to see tennis. I really want to see track. I know that means a lot to people, especially the seniors. Um, it's just they're asking the Iowa High School Athletic Association a lot. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen articles. I've read articles uh, with the people at the top of the IHSSA or the IHSAA. Um, and I know they know that this is going to be hard to get this all figured out. Um, because, you know, we don't create the timeline. The virus creates the timeline. Uh, and we're just, we're just part of it. We can't decide when this thing's going to be over. We can try to make steps to figure out when this is going to be over. Um, but I, I worry that, you know, not even baseball and softball season's safe. And if it is safe, we're just pushing everything on top of each other. And that's a lot of athletes that are going to be pushed to either be in one sport or be in another sport. One sport could affect the downsizing of another sport. And I think it, it really hurts everybody in terms of, you know, trying to play so many sports at once. And it's it's not just Iowa. I mean, so many other states are going through this. No team in Iowa is getting an advantage. Everybody's stuck at home. Everybody's doing what they can. Uh, now the sports fields are getting closed. Uh, the superintendent said that here at the high school. So, I mean, it, it's tough. I know it's tough. Um, and we're going to get through it. It's just a matter of time. Uh, I, you know, I want sports more than anyone. Sports is my life and not having it has been really tough. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that we got done with the basketball season. We got all that done. And now sadly we can't start the spring season. I guess that's one of the things that is kind of an advantage. We didn't start the spring season, so we don't have to worry about that. But also we didn't start the spring season. That sucks for a lot of those senior athletes. And I know some seniors that are just heartbroken that their team, their tennis season, their soccer season, their track season may be taken away, and it's not just track. They might not have a prom. They might not have a graduation ceremony. They might not be able to have a grad party. Uh, my heart goes out to all those people. I know it really hurts. Um, you just have to be patient, and uh, you know things will work themselves out. Uh, and like I said before, you can do your part by you know staying inside, washing your hands. I know you want to go see your friends, but you have to stay home. And that's from someone that is dying to see my friends. I want to go see them, but I have to stay home because I can't spread it. You know, the youth may not get it as much as the older generations do, but we're the carriers that could end up spreading it. So, uh, you know, the famous quote that keeps going around, your grandparents fought in a war, so the least you can do is sit on the couch. Uh, and I truly believe that's true. So um, that's just my whole thoughts on this whole thing. I, I want sports. Um, I just think we need to be patient right now, and we need to go with what happens and um, you know, we, we want to try to help. If you want to go on our Tiger Sports Livestream Twitter post uh, page, my dad put out a thing that we want to help uh, honor some of these seniors that might not get their final curtain call, per se, uh, in sports, whether that be track seniors, soccer seniors, tennis seniors. We want to have you send, us, send in a video of us either uh, saying, you know, your name, your uh, what you're going to college for, everything else, so we can put that out either at the end of these podcasts or compile a video at the end of the year just to give us our thanks to you and all that you've done for Gurdown High School Sports. So, uh, again, that's just my thoughts on the whole thing. Uh, we're going to get through it. Just take some time, and, uh, you know, we can all do it together. We're all in this together. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, so that will wrap it up for us here on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast number 38. Again, uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter or YouTube or whatever if you have another idea for another guest. Uh, thank you to Coach Salzer for stopping in today, and thank you for listening to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. 
I'm Blake Walker. Take care of yourselves and stay safe. Zauser handoff to Wyatt Hunter. He is going to have the first down and more. Wyatt Hunter foot race. And he is going to be driven down to the ground. It's a first down and more. And do you say one of the biggest plays of the night? They might be thinking it here. Honestly, you have to point out your back. Zauser, though, handoff to Wyatt Hunter again. Wyatt Hunter with the block. He is not going to be touched. Touchdown, Grinnell. This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.